Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So I'm going to go ahead and pre-warn you. Um, I am triggered, okay? I saw something. <laughs> you already know my next sentence is going to be. Um, I saw something, and it absolutely rattled every piece of my piece. <sighs> okay, I don't even know where to start. So... Let's just start with the first meme that I said. And I I don't even know why I fell into the trap. Because we just talked about a couple of conversations ago about protecting your energy. And here I am allowing the social media interwebs take me to places that I don't really have um, enough gas to come back, you know? So the first one was, I follow this page called relationship underscore boosters on in Instagram. And it said that millennials will get sick and die faster than the previous generation. The mean says, physically millennials are healthier than Gen X, but it doesn't matter because behavioral health is killing them much earlier than Gen X and making them more unproductive at work due to mental health conditions. <sighs> that... That, that, that's a mouthful right there, but I'm going to let you know what really got to me. There is a, and you probably heard of it, there's a docu-series, or so I don't really know the proper terminology for it, but there's this thing going around um, documenting black love. And it's so inspiring for a plethora of reasons. You know, it, it's promoting love in itself. It's promoting love within my culture and community. It's just, it's inspiring to say the least. And... A couple came on here, and by the time that we're done, I'm going to have this particular video posted on my Instagram page, um, which if you don't know, because you should be following, is underscore strive in, the letter N, strive in inspire. So underscore strive in inspire is my um, Instagram. So a couple came on and did like a quick little PSA upload video indicating that they were on season three of Black Love docuseries. And they were saying that, you know, sometimes things don't work out and, um, you know, they don't even want to use the D word. Um, they want to call their transition, um, what did they say? They wanted to call it um, unattaching, authentically uncoupling is what they called it. And they went on to say in this little, you know, whatever the Instagram clip is, it's about a minute, 30 seconds to a minute, just saying that, you know, separating and it furthering to the transitioning of the um, authentic uncoupling doesn't have to be ugly. You know, they still honor what they had. They transitioned from being in a unit to being uh, just friends who shared a family at one point and the blah 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 and I instantly was just like okay enough is enough now I'm gonna be real 100 with you at first I was triggered because I thought that this was the people who are behind you know the the authors of black love saying this so I just wanted a whole tangent and then I had to go back to the video you know how you hear something and your ears get enough to connect to your emotions. And you're like, let, wait, let me go back and make sure I heard what I heard. So when I realized that, oh, there were panelists on the season three of that docuseries, then I felt a little better, but still not better. Here's my thing. It disappoints me more than ever when any marriage does not work. But it disappoints me 
I mean, it just cuts a little deeper when it's a black couple. Or if you want to be politically correct, an African-American couple. And i tell you why. I believe that above any other culture, and I could be biased, but I don't believe so. I believe that we are rooted and grounded in all things endurance. I don't know another culture that could have gone through slavery as gracefully as we did. I don't know any other Harriet Tubmans. I don't know any other Rosa Parks. I don't know any other Martin Luther King Juniors. I don't know any other Malcolm X's. There is, we are literally operating because people prior to us were deep rooted in this thing called endurance. This thing called endurance where they did not quit on something that they believed in. They pretty much was 10 toes deep grounded into a situation. And so it pains me more than anything when I see that we give up on each other too easy. Where would we be if Harry and Tubman was just like, eh, tried a couple times, it didn't work. Where would we be if Martin Luther King Jr. said, oh, I'm getting another death threat? Uh, I think I'm good on it. Like what would have happened if the mentality that this generation has now, you know, what if they were as mentally uh, and emotionally fragile as this first meme was saying? You know, we're not as strong as Gen X. It just gets to the point that you're like, you know what, real talk, I just have to be 100. Like at some point, someone needs to do a couple of slaps on the cheek and say, get it together. And I was just talking to my homeboy, Ian, about this the other day. He was saying, listen, his father did a whole, his father's a vet, came home, had a whole family, worked two jobs, raised two boys with his wife, barely took a day off, and is a functioning lively human being who never had to see a therapist. Now there is something in having that capacity of go get itness, endurance, striving. You know, you can't pay for that. I don't know where it started to become diluted and when we started having this liquidated you know, we went from being solid to being super liquid in our stance for endurance and overcoming. Like, I don't know where it came from, but I could tell you one thing. It is absolutely, positively um, heartbreaking to even witness this. Now, I want to touch more on the marriage part than I want to talk about anything else because I understand that mental health is a real thing. I understand that most of the time people are going through that particular hardship because no one taught them how to go ahead and proceed through that. It's not a medication automatically. Yes, it is the chemical imbalance, but a lot goes around that. There's a spiritual application to that. There's also a mental application. It's hereditary, it's physical, it's a whole bunch. And so you go into these doctors, they're just throwing a few prescriptions at you. And you know, some make you groggy, some make you feel too little bit too hyper. So they're pretty much using you as a guinea pig until they can get the right formula on, oh, this is your level of normal so this pill works for you let's keep this in your system until you come back and we go ahead and do a new assessment and figure out oh it's been making you sleep too much so it's a whole other lane down there with the mental health that I don't even want to touch right now what I do want to touch on is the broken promises of collapsed marriages and this is coming from a place for someone, and I'm raising my hand, the left one to be exact, from someone who actually overcame a terrible marriage. And, I, and this is, and I'm just going to go ahead and be 
only what I can be, which is unveiled. I look at marriage as you are walking into a, and this is my analogy, so you can take it how you want it, but this is how I see it. You are walking into a car dealership lot and you are taking your time to figure out what kind of car best suits you so that you can journey in this car for the rest of your life. So if you have kids, if you don't have kids, if you know that, you know, you like to travel a lot, you may want to get something that's good on miles and how does it take gas and, you know, what's the, you, you want to look at all the, the specifications that align to where you want to go in life. You get into this vehicle and you say, okay, this is the vehicle that I want. And the person that is behind the wheel or is a passenger too, I am committed to driving in and journeying in this particular car for the duration of my life. And if we're journeying and then halfway through or even a third through, we see, oh my goodness, something happened to the engine. We don't just abandon ship. We go ahead and say, okay, well, what do we need to do to fix the engine? Oh, okay, then a couple of miles down the road, something's happening to the tires. Okay, we may not can get brand new tires right now. Maybe we can swap them out. Okay, is the nail there? Can we patch it up? You know, we're continuing as things come up. We are putting in the work to fix it as it is shown to us. Part of the huge reason why most of the stuff can't be repaired as simplistically as we would want is because... You waited too long. You saw that nail. Matter of fact, you heard it when you ran over it. And instead of you going back and it just being a simple patch job, now you have to get a whole brand new tire. But you waited too long to go get a whole brand new tire. So now you done messed up and it's doing something to the rims now. And so the longer that you wait to actually go ahead and resolve a simplistic issue at first, it becomes more complex after. And it's more costly. And people don't want to deal with that. No one wants to change a tire in the middle of a winter storm. You see where I'm going with that? No one wants to go ahead and check under the hood while there's possibly a tornado watch or a hurricane coming through. We need to get to the place that we start to understand and be present enough to see when things are changing. Listen to your car is what any good mechanic will tell you. That rat-tat-tat wasn't there before. Don't keep driving a whole year before you're like, you know what, let me go get this looked at. Unfortunately, we treat our marriages and our relationships a lot like how we treat our bodies. Oh, your back has been hurting for however long. You keep getting that migraine. Oh, you just pop a pill. You just go ahead and go to sleep real quick. And you know what? We'll just keep overlooking the fact that this is consistently um, paining us, right? This is this is becoming a inconvenient consistency. So maybe we need to go a little further, look a little deeper. Maybe it's just not a migraine headache. Maybe you need a CAT scan of some sort. Maybe you have a muscle pull somewhere. And you don't even know that it's connecting here, there, and there. Oh my goodness, if you knew all the muscles and attendance that connected to the body, you would be like, wait a minute, so you're telling me my jaw is the reason why my headache is, and all the things that are interconnected, it will blow your mind, but you can't assess that by yourself. You need to go to a professional that can dig a little deeper and say, okay, so when did it start? Because they're going to ask you questions that you should have been present on the onset 
that you're going to have to go ahead and give them. So when they ask you simple questions like, when did it start? You need to have a healthy assessment of, okay, so was that one time that I bit into that apple like six or seven months ago? Anywhere that you go for deeper help, guess what? It's going to pretty much comb through how present have you been. You do not help the doctor, nor do you help yourself. When you go into an office and they ask you questions and you don't know. When did it start? Mm, did you take anything for it? Yeah. What did you take? Not too sure. Like all of that is not helping. So if we were to be a little bit more better of an assessor of not only our health, then maybe we would be a better assessor of our relationship health. And we will start to see, hmm, working that second job, I'm seeing that you're kind of not doing as much housework. So I think I'm going to go ahead and take up most of the, you know, the slack on that because I, I see when it started. It started when you took on, you know, an additional job. So I'm not going to have this consistent argument with you about what you're doing and what you're not doing and how you could be doing it better when I can just piece it together and say, yeah, but it wasn't like that before. So now that I can trace it, I can go ahead and come up with a remedy. The problem is with most of these cars and the things that we're journeying into, we're not doing the proper assessment in the beginning. A lot of us are getting into compact cars when it was never meant for us to be in a compact vehicle. And so you find out a couple of miles too deep, a couple of years too late, oh my goodness, this doesn't suit my palate. I'm too creative, I'm too free-spirited, I'm too spontaneous, I'm too too, and this car is too small for me. And so instead of you looking at the car as the problem, you look at the person that you're journeying with and saying you are the problem. Because nine times out of ten you do that because the person that is in the vehicle, they don't have a problem with the vehicle being compact. And so now there's this compare and contrast conflict going on because you're like, this is where we're at right now. This is not enough for me. And you're looking at them like, why doesn't that bother you the way that it bothers me? And they're looking at you like, I'm, I'm just cool with the journey, to be honest. You know, it don't, it don't really bother me. Compact, you know, Fred Flintstone car, just bicycle, you know, it don't, I don't really have. And so you start to conflict with each other instead of coming up with a new plan of, I think we need to change cars. We need to change vehicles because our journey is pretty much screaming as loud as it can. Um, we need a different, we need to, uh, to adjust a little differently. But instead, what you do is you look at the person and you're like, I'm going to leave you and this car because both of you are too small for me. And that is such an injustice to all things journeying. We didn't start with one pair of shoes. Imagine if you, when you got your first walking shoe, if they said, listen, okay, so um, this is the shoe for the rest of your life. To come just restrain and restrict yourself where you can't even allow yourself to grow it's just like that's an earth sentence right forget a death sentence that's an earth sentence you're telling me that I have to get into this small space and I can't grow no matter what 
my external or internal indicators tell me that I have to sit here and that's just it. And I think that that's how a lot of people look at marriages. Ugh, you're going to be married to this one person for the rest of your life. That's going to be the one person you stay intimate with. You got to stay with this one mindset. But if you are truly a person who is about growth and all things journey in life, you would understand that just because it's one person doesn't mean that it's one mindset. People change, we evolve, there are things that you loved before that you don't really care for now, there are things that you care for now that you're probably not going to care for in another 5 to 10 years. Your palate changes in life when you are committed to all things growth. And so when you take that mindset and you apply it to marriage and you know that God is the one that went ahead and put you two together, I cannot fathom why there would be any reason for a collapse of any sort. And again, I'm going to go ahead and put my business in the streets. I chose wrong my first time around the marriage uh, wheel. I chose based on very, very earthly. Matter of fact, I have no, I don't even know what I chose from. Probably was from a fortune cookie, little bingo scratch off. I don't know what it was, but it was, it was a terrible choice. I was 25 years old. Um, didn't really know too much about life. Brain is just probably was just probably too much shy of being fully developed in my opinion. And I chose wrong. But at that point, if I were to go back and ask 25 year old me, are you choosing right? I would have believed with my whole heart that I was. And because at that point I already had a young son. This was not his father. I wanted my son. So I was so sold on the fact that I wanted my son to have a two-family household and I was willing to contort that however way it was going to look and so I was trying to make it work with his father that was not working and so it was like okay I can only make something work for as long as I possibly can like when you have somebody that's like look I don't believe in marriage it's not that serious just because we had a kid together doesn't mean and again these are you know, shouts out to my homie. We cool now, but you know, that's what happens when you're in your early twenties. I had a completely different plan than what he had. Fast forward, I meet someone else. He seems a little bit more family oriented. And let me put my finger on there. It is detrimental to all things, your future to go ahead and compare and contrast, um, due to the diarrhea. I'm sorry. That's the only way that I can do it. When you don't have two excellent, uh, frameworks to compare to, you are essentially just comparing a form of bad to another form of bad. So because um, my son's father didn't believe in marriage and this one did, it just was like, so you can, that was the, your choosing choice. Like, yeah, you believe in marriage and he doesn't. I know you're the one. Are you serious? <laughs> like, that's where you got that from? Another thing. Um it was just small things. I would ask him to do stuff, and he would call me back faster than my son's father. It was just like, again, if I were to go back to my 25, 26-year-old self and ask myself, do you think that you're making the right choice? And here was my bottom line to why I chose that person to marry at that time. I said, you can't teach character, and I see more character and commitment in this guy in a matter of months than I seen and my son's father in years. Now, that was a wise statement 
I remember it like it's yesterday for someone who is 25, 26 years old because I knew I had to grow up a little faster. I had a son already. It was already things that were in motion. I was in college. It was just like, look, I had a very, very great assessment on where I wanted to be. I just needed a better choosing factor on who I wanted to be with me. And so with that being my premise to, okay, this is how I'm looking at who I want to do life with, I felt like, yeah, that was pretty awesome. This person wants to, you know, move out of state. This person doesn't. I want to move out of state, so this appeals more to me. And doing all that back and forth. But I remember once I went ahead and sealed the deal and got everything legalized, I remember making a commitment and saying I was only going to do this thing one time and one time only. I was going to honor my vows. I was going to do this, that, and the third because I understand more than anything the covenant of marriage is the only relationship that God blesses. That is the only unity and entity on earth that God is a part of outside of the church. And so I was very serious about nothing breaking that, being the, you know, the three-strand cord and all that other things. I was very serious about that. And I would have stayed in that situation had he not walked away to the point that God was like, what are you doing? I remember having a very candid conversation with God and saying to him, why aren't you blessing this marriage? I got married. I did it the right way. Air quotes in the air right now. Bunny ears, if you will. Why is it that this is not being as truthful as I thought? I don't want to fake being happy no more. You know, I got married, then had my daughter. So I'm trying to figure out why this is not happening. And God couldn't have made it no clearer. He said, I am not bound to fix something that I did not put together. And that blew my mind because I went ahead, chose all this, made this huge mess, then came back to God like, hey, can you fix this? And he was looking at me like, who's that and what's that? And why are you bringing it to me? You didn't come to me on the onset of this. You didn't ask me about this. As a matter of fact, if I'm honest with myself, God gave me a zillion red flags. And I looked over it because my plan um, overrode anything that I saw God trying to show me. And so he's looking at me like, I don't understand. That's the equivalent to taking your Toyota car to a BMW dealership and saying, hey, um, can you fix this warranty? They're looking at you like, that make and model, that, we don't service that here. I mean, we can have someone look at it, but as far as warranty is concerned, we don't cover that. And so that's how I feel like a lot of us, including myself, that's what I was a victim of trying to scoot some stuff together. Then it's like, hey, can you help? And it's like God wasn't in the ingredients. He wasn't in any of the cooking process. He didn't even go to you to the store to go buy those particular things. Yet you come to him when the meal is messed up and say, what can you do to make this taste better for me so it's more palatable to what my plan was? Why? So he can bless it and you can go back and keep him out of it and continue on? No, that's not how that works. So I did everything that I possibly could. I did counseling. I did all these other things. And I never heard God as quiet as I heard God. I'm like, you're not saying anything, God. And he was like, yes, because I can't put my hands somewhere that, listen, why you want me to bless something? And I know it's no good for you. I'm a good dad. Why would you want me to bless something that is not my best for you? Why would you want to tie my hands like that? And when I really started seeing it his way, I said one prayer. I was like, you know what? If it's not of you, which it can't be any clearer, and I hate that we do that. You know the answer, but you're like, okay, one more sign, God, one more sign. So my last one more sign was, if it's not of you, 
then you go ahead and give me the space or show me where it's clear that I'm the only one that's holding on to this. And he couldn't have made it no clearer. And I went ahead and I never looked back and I did what needed to be done to go ahead and sever that situation. And that is why from the onset of the marriage that God ordained now, there is peace in knowing that God put the two of you together. Now, some people can make it spooky pooky where it's like, he's the one God told me. You know, God's not calling everybody and saying, hello? Yeah, I just want to, yeah, I want to tell you that he's the one. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. It is literally a unction and a following a quiet answered prayer that person saying something doing something aligning to something that you prayed about and the only thing that makes sense is you looking up and going God I know that's you because there's no way that this could have went together the way that it went I know that it's you it's amazing to me that we can know when God is blessing us but we can't tell the difference between when the enemy sending someone and when God's sending someone it's not all about signs and wonders God doesn't always work like that right it's mostly a a knowing you have to be plugged up to the source to know when he turns the light switch on you have to be plugged up to the source and be connected to the service enough to know when he's texting you you know god is not wi-fi you know if you put your your settings on and you, you can go ahead and connect to anyone's wi-fi if it's open and you know and it's not locked but god is a strategic special service plan where no 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 you're not going just no no he is you are connected to him so anything that he's trying to get to you whether it's a message a person a blessing a what have you it comes straight through on that service line no matter what it's not a happenstance of oh i just so happen to be driving down your block and now i'm connected to your wi-fi so that's how i got that particular service it doesn't work like that and that's how i feel with was the equivalent to signs and wonders oh Oh my goodness who knew it's like yeah this, god works like that sometimes but don't be fooled like that because the enemy can take several different forms as well that's why i don't believe in wi-fi blessings i don't want to just connect to anything i want to make sure that if i am on at&t that i'm getting all that at&t has to offer i don't want to go somewhere else and now i'm picking up verizon stuff and all these other different things i don't want that that's unstable and, and god is consistent he's a god of divine order and so you need to really truly understand when you're fighting for something and when god is behind you and he's like no i'm fighting it through you that's a completely different thing so it pains my heart to see that people don't understand the difference of enduring something. We really need to go back to our roots of I'm going to endure. And let me explain something to you. Enduring something by yourself opposed to enduring it with God is too completely different things when you do it by yourself you feel every piece of that it's like going through labor and delivery with no medicine you feel every piece of that when you go through that thing with God he is the anesthesia yes you are doing the pushing yes you are going ahead and you know you're you have the gown and all that on but when that epidural hits you're like you know what God you it's almost like you put this layer of I'm not going to let you feel all of it but we're going to push through it together please 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 
get connected to God, especially in the area of relationships and marriage. That's why it's so important that you do it God's way. I'm not on here to be no Bible thumper where it's like, you know, thus saith the Lord, no fornication. Man, it's just, it gets as real as this. You want what God has for you, do it the way that God said he wants you to do it. Point blank the period. There's no in between. If I said I want macaroni and cheese, there's a certain way that my grandma make it and I like it that way, then I need you to find those ingredients, do it that way so that I can get the macaroni and cheese that you decided to make for me the way that I like it. I need for us to just get to a place where we stop playing games. Stop getting in these marriages with the option of I'm going to love them, but it's conditional. And as long as they don't A, B, and C, then I'm cool. You know, I'm and giving yourself this back door. If in the back of your head you like, look, I'm going to stay in it as long as I can. And if it don't really suit me, then I'm out. Then I want you to go ahead and stop going and putting this defecation on this beautiful union called marriage. If you are one of those people, then you need to stay far away from it. It don't make you a bad person, but I don't want you giving marriage a bad rep. If you are someone that you're just like, look, I believe in having multiple relationships, commitment kind of scares me, or I don't want to admit that commitment scares me, but I can tell you one thing, it monogamy just doesn't do it for me, then you need to go ahead and stay away from all things title and just be respected as someone who likes to just swing to and fro and do whatever it is that you want, but stop going around and having a Pokemon experience with brokenhearted people. It is not fair that because you are solid in the fact that you are not going to commit, that you keep intending analyzing people and making them feel like mm, maybe you will maybe you won't and that's not fair and you're creating these broken-hearted people which is then defecating on all things relationships and you're leaving a terrible taste in people's mouths because of the experience that they're having with people like you doesn't make you a bad person just stay away from all things relationships and that goes for any title if you like your sleep and you selfish and you don't think of people and you're thoughtless do not become a parent if you have no desire to work on being the best you, to going ahead and making sure that you become better than what you were five years ago, to really have some self-care and some personal development going on, if that is not the thing that you, you are into, then you need to stay away from people who are trying to grow and you don't need to have the crab in a barrel mentality because at this point, we are a product of the people around us. It is disgusting that all of a sudden marriage is getting this terrible name and it's not all of a sudden, it's just that it's being broadcasting on a bit bigger scale now. It has to end somewhere. We were meant to endure, but we were not meant to endure alone. So you know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations. I want you to have a true assessment of yourself so that you don't have to add to the negative wave of broken marriages and broken promises and, you know, inconsistent relationships. And Because relationships for many are starting to equate to the most unhealthiest aspect of their lives. And that's not fair. If you are not someone who's going to go hard for the person that you with because you want somebody to go hard for you, then you need to find a lazy lover. If you do not want to be paired with someone who is lazy, then you need to go ahead and try to figure that out on the onset or just be okay with the fact that they are lazy lovers. But the things that people are doing is just absolutely appalling and it's getting to the point that it's like no stop giving marriages stop giving god stop giving relationships stop giving everything this bad name because you are carelessly carrying it around if you're not going to carry it with a care then you better not carry it at all
point blank the period explanation mark let's go ahead and put that at the end as well my challenge to you is to have a good assessment of yourself a humble assessment a true assessment of yourself to see am i adding to the goodness of this particular title or unity or am i also adding to the defecation of it all please stop and it may not be you. It may be someone you know. It may be the person you're in a relationship with. But I call death to all things mediocre. I call death to all things stagnant. I call death to all things just wanting to just do it lazy. It's laziness that is making these things just kind of just, eh, we're not going to do it. We decided that we're going to and we no longer. And to sever such a spiritual covenant is selfish on so many different ways. And it may not be both of you. It could be just one person. But that one person knew their capacity and their level of how deep they were going to get into a thing. And that is what is causing all of this ripple effect of what is this mold that is on marriage? What is this mold that's on relationships? And why are people okay with walking this earth knowing that they got a broken promise in, they, in the back of their pocket and it don't affect them no way or the other? That says a lot about character. That says a lot about the people that we're, we're in relationship with and who we walk and journey life with. Please understand and be very clear that when you're walking on the dealership parking lots, that analogy that I gave earlier, take more time to figure out what suits you than just going ahead and jumping in anything that suits you for the time being. Oh, they had 0% and no APR for a year. Yeah, that was a year. That was that sale and that deal right then. But how does this particular vehicle benefit you for your lifetime? Do you see where I'm going with that? So again, absolutely triggered by this whole thing because again, it has to stop. And I hate to be cliche, but it starts with one person at a time. And if we can just be honest with ourselves, honest with where we're at in life, then maybe we will see the external difference when we start being internally present. And that's all I really have to say. I pray that you got what you needed from this. I um, probably was a little bit all over the place, and that's just what I do when I have a tangent and I get on my Kanye flow. But I had to get it off my chest because it bothers me. It bothers me when I believe in something wholeheartedly and I see everybody else not carrying this thing with the fragileness that it does that it requires i'm seeing people handle you know crystals like it's cardboard and it's bothering me but i can go on to talk 15 more hours about this i'm not going to go ahead and do so as my good good nanny says all right i ain't gonna hold you go look on my ig i left that video for you to go ahead and see and pair with this because i just i was over it really and truly but i'll talk to you later later.